Hello. Did you know we've just celebrated Epiphany? Well, to be more accurate, probably most of us haven't celebrated it, but it still happened on January the 6th. Instead, I suspect that many of us celebrated that day rather differently, because actually it corresponds to Twelfth Night, when traditionally we all take down our Christmas decorations. That sort of signals the end of the Christmas season, which makes it a bit of a negative thing. But stay with me, because I think a more positive look at Epiphany might be very helpful. Now, Epiphany is a rather strange word. It's derived from the Greek, and originally it means appearance or manifestation, especially of a divine being. In general terms, it means a moment of sudden and great revelation or realisation, an intuitive grasp of reality through an event or something else, usually quite simple and striking. We could say it's when the penny drops for us. Spelled with a capital E, however, it came to mean specifically the first manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles, as represented by the visit of the Magi, recorded in Matthew 2. This is also why some people call it Three Kings Day. Now, although it's celebrated two weeks after Christmas, I'm pretty sure that's not when the Magi visited Jesus. For a start off, Jesus was almost certainly not born on the 25th of December. As with our Queen, that's just his official birthday. And he was probably born in the spring rather than in the bleak midwinter when frosty wind made moan and snow had fallen snow on snow. Neither was it likely to have been just two weeks after Jesus was born, whenever that might have been. Why am I so sure? Well, there are some hints in the Bible story. When the Magi arrived, they visited Jesus in a house, not a stable, and he's referred to as a child, not as a baby. But the most telling point is that is in King Herod's decision to kill all the baby boys two years and under. Why was that? Well, it was probably because Herod, like us, was not sure when Jesus had been born, and he wanted to make absolutely certain he killed the one he considered to be the usurper of his throne. Did that star, which incidentally was probably not a star at all, but some special alignment of two planets, did it first appear when the angel visited Mary, when she conceived, when she experienced quickening sometime halfway through her pregnancy, or at the time of Jesus's birth? We don't know, and neither did Herod. What we do know is that the Magi were from the East, the Orient, and incidentally they probably were not kings but wise men, scientific advisers to the kings of their respective countries. Most likely they were polymaths, learned in astronomy, astrology, mathematics, medicine, theology and philosophy. They were the Patrick Valences, Chris Whitties or Jonathan Van Tams of their day. They were also Gentiles, non-Jews, which is yet another reason why this story is so important. 
God sent Jesus not just to the Jews, but for all of us. Now, tradition has it that at least one, if not all, of these uh, wise men came from Persia, today's Iran. Incidentally, that was the empire that had conquered Babylon and therefore was the place from which the Jews had to return from after their 70-year exile. And the journey from there to Israel was about 900 miles. No way could the Magi have completed that in two weeks. Which also reminds me of something else. There's no mention of those famous camels in the Bible. But it is a perfectly reasonable assumption that they were there for they were certainly the top of the market four by fours for desert travel 2,000 years ago. And then there's another feature of this story that you won't find in the Bible. Nowhere does it say that there were three of them. But I will admit that again, it's a reasonable assumption that because they presented three gifts, there probably were three. Now, those gifts are a very important part of the story. So let's look at them in more detail. I wonder if the Magi really understood why they brought those specific gifts. Maybe. Although I doubt if Mary and Joseph did. First, as in the carol, Born a king on Bethlehem plain, Gold I bring to crown him again, King forever, ceasing never, over us all to reign. Now, quite probably, they did understand the significance here. After all, they'd come looking for a king, and gold was the sort of thing that rich people in those days presented to a king. Next, frankincense to offer have I, incense owns a deity nigh, prayer and praising all men raising, worship him, God most high. I think it's also conceivable that they might have understood the symbolism of frankincense. Although this is much harder for us. To help us, let's consider an apparently strange occurrence in this story. Matthew tells us that when the Magi arrived, they fell down and worshipped Jesus. Now, why would they do that? Honour, respect, bow or curtsy before royalty, but worship? Surely not. Now, I can easily explain that for you. When I went to Nepal in 1970, the king of Nepal was considered an incarnation of the Hindu god Vishnu, and belief that their king was a god was something fairly widespread across the Orient until recent times. So I guess it was just a natural reaction for the wise men. And add to that that incense was what a priest offered to a god. Finally, we come to myrrh. Myrrh is mine, its bitter perfume, breathes a life of gathering gloom. Sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in a stone-cold tomb. I suspect that they were really puzzled about this gift. For myrrh was traditionally used in anointing oil, including that used for burial. Perhaps they bought it just because it was one of the most expensive and precious things they could get hold of. You remember the expensive ointment that was later poured over Jesus. That also most likely contained myrrh. So, with the wisdom of hindsight, 
and the help of the New Testament, we are now able to understand the prophetic symbolism of these three gifts. Jesus came to be our Lord and our King. He came to be the High Priest, mediating our reconciliation with God. He came to offer himself in our place as the perfect sacrifice to take away our sin. And he came as Emmanuel, our God, who has promised to be with us always. So, as the Magi followed the star to Jesus, we can follow Jesus himself. So I wonder, has this been an epiphany for you? Has the penny now dropped as to what Christmas is really all about? If so, then the opportunity is here for you to respond, as the Magi did, in worshipping Jesus. The carol ends like this. Glorious now behold him arise, King and God and sacrifice. Heaven sings hallelujah, hallelujah, the earth replies. <laughs>